In the, last, in the proper last gospel of this Mass, we, we read the words of St. John. He came unto his own, and his own received him not. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Ghost. Amen. Adam, who was our first parent, had sinned, rebelled against the God to whom he owed everything, the life of grace that existed in his soul, an uninterrupted succession of joys and of glories in this life, a life free from ignorance and of illness and of suffering and death. He was not to merit by his sufferings and his pains, he was to merit by his joys and then be taken from the garden of paradise to the kingdom of heaven without ever having died. But because of his rebellion, this sin, God, in all justice, he had every right to do so, he took away all of the gifts that he had given mankind, and the worst was that man was then shut out forever from the kingdom of heaven, and by himself man could do nothing to change it. The prophet Isaiah, we've been reading a lot of him throughout Advent, he tells us that God, in a sense, speaks of his own affliction for having lost men through sin. Isaiah says, And now what have I here, for my people is taken away needlessly? What delight have I now in heaven, now that I have lost men? And in the book of Proverbs it says, regarding God, My delights were to be with the children of men. One saint says that, no, God did not need man to be happy, but there was a certain man, Cardinal Hugo, that St. Alphonsus Liguori likes to quote an awful lot. He said, in the words, and this is God speaking, I consider that I have lost all since my delight was to be with men, and now they're lost doomed to live forever, far away from me. And St. Thomas Aquinas, this is a, a striking quote. God loves man as if man were the God of God himself, and without him he could not be happy. In this love that he has for mankind, he finds a way not to lose them. He promises a redeemer. Now this fact, this fact hits home and is expressed magnificently in St. Bernard's contemplation on this matter. Perhaps many of you have heard of this and heard this contemplation, this story as it were, but it's worth hearing again. St. Bernard of Clairvaux, he imagines that there's this struggle that is going on between the justice of God and his mercy. And the justice speaks up and says, I no longer exist if Adam is not punished for his willful sin. 
and then mercy pipes in, I am lost and I do not exist if man is not pardoned. I perish if he does not obtain forgiveness. And God, as it were, decides that in order to redeem mankind, someone perfectly innocent must die. On earth, though, there were no innocent men. They sinned through Adam. So God says, since there are no men who are innocent, let someone in all of heaven come forth to redeem them. The angels, they say, countless numbers of them were silent. But the word, the word of God, the second person of the blessed Trinity says, here I am, send me. The angels cannot satisfy for a sin. So Father, if we would make man to love us, what better way than that I, in order to redeem them, should go upon earth, assume human life, assume human flesh, and by my death pay the penalty due by him. Thy justice would be fulfilled, and man would be convinced of our love. But the father answered him, But you will have to suffer an awful lot. The son says, Here I am, send me. The father speaks, You will have to be born in a cave, flee into Egypt to escape your enemies, who seek to kill you while you're still an infant. The son replies, here I am, send me. God the Father says, reflect, think hard on this. You'll have to pass your days as a simple boy in a carpenter's shop. And God the Son said, here I am, send me. And God the Father said once more, when you preach, the greater part of man will hate you and call you an imposter and a fool. And then they will persecute you. And finally, they will drag you up the hill of Calvary. And they will put you to the most shameful form of death, the death of a criminal. And the son looked at his father and he said, Nevertheless, here I am. Send me. The decree of Almighty God was made that the Divine Son should be made man, and so the Archangel Gabriel sped down to earth to the room of our Blessed Lady, and Mary accepts the Word for her Son, and the Word was made flesh. This is the truth, though. God so loved the world as to give his only begotten Son. And still, we are forced to admit, as we just said and will say again in the last gospel, he came unto his own, and his own received him not. Already in Bethlehem, in that piercing cold air, there was no room for the Savior in the inn. He was to be in a cave outside the city walls. And it would be likewise at his death. 
He would die outside the city walls of Jerusalem. He had no nation, no city that belonged to himself. Father Faber, he's an interesting one to read. He said, so far as men were concerned, it was as much as he could, to, could do to get born and obtain a visible foothold on the earth. And so also he was not allowed to die a natural death. Our Lord's life was trampled out of him as something tiresome, reproachful. He was then buried swiftly that his body might not be offending the city on their national festival. And all this while, he was God. He came unto his own, and his own received him not. To be sure, these are all very old thoughts. These thoughts in the sermon, borrowed from saints and holy men, but they're always new. They grow deeper as we reflect on them more. That spirit of Bethlehem, it is the spirit of a world that has forgotten God. That is the spirit of the world today. When so many never give a passing thought to God. Oh, you might, and maybe perhaps some of you here tonight, you have, this is only your first time the whole year at Mass. Because there is no time for God. He came unto his own, and his own received him not. When our Lord asks for something, think of what he has done for you when he begs you to take this cross, to follow him, to enter into a certain state of life, whatever it be, whether it even be a simple thing as coming to Mass on a regular basis, remember that when you needed a Redeemer, he stood up and he said, Father, here I am, send me. Looking at this tiny infant, the Word incarnate, the second person of the Blessed Trinity made an infant, could you really look at him if you were to ask you for some favor, a rosary, a Hail Mary, a devoutly received Holy Communion? Could you deny it? Or would you say to him, here I am, send me. This should be the spirit that we carry through this Christmas season. You have a heart, and you have a heart which was made for one purpose alone, and that, was, that is to love God. If your love is given to some other creature in place of God, then there can be no joy in this world. There can be no joy this Christmas for you. But St. Ignatius said, It is characteristic of God and of his angels to bring to the soul when they occupy it true happiness and spiritual joy and to drive far from it the sadness and trials which the enemy incites in it.
So when you're feeling sad, depressed, anxious, angry, lonely, remember this. It doesn't have to be that way. It doesn't have to be that he came unto his own and his own received him not. You have a divine friend. You have him here in the tabernacle. He dwells as well in heaven. When you have any of those feelings or emotions, he is a friend that has come. And he wants you to say as well, here I am, send me. May you have a blessed Christmas. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Ghost. Amen.